3: each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Vontobel and Matt Humans on VCN, the sports betting network.
4: What up, folks? Welcome in to your favorite show. They're all your favorite shows here on Visa the Sports Betting Network. Good show on tap today here on The Edge. Paul Stone's going to be with us. College sports handicapper, golf handicapper, Texas guy. He'll be on the show in 30 minutes from now. Get his thoughts. We've got some NIT action, I believe, that he's got his eye on. Final four as well. And
5: a little bit of golf, too, huh? Valero, Texas Open? Yeah. Golf in San Antonio this week. Masters next week. Paul Stone always on top of the golf action as well. So he joins us in... Uh, 29 minutes.
4: I like it. Now, we begin today with uh, the NBA. We'll get to the Final Four, of course, coming up in 15. Not a ton of movement there in terms of the two lines, so we're still pretty set. No updated news. But we are getting down to the final few games here, and, of course, the last two weeks of the regular season in the association. And from yesterday... No crazy results to go over, humans. I think it is worth noting uh, two things from last night. One, how about the Toronto Raptors needing overtime to take down the Boston Celtics, who were pretty much without everybody mm-hmm. uh, on the floor yesterday. That was a 115-112 final. Toronto improves to 9-2 and two straight up and against the spread in their last 11 games. So congratulations, Toronto. They're fighting, of course, uh, to keep themselves out of the play-in situation. Cleveland won yesterday as well. So it works for Toronto because they get to keep the Cavaliers at arm's length, the game ahead of them for the seventh season and six seed race in the Eastern Conference. And also uh, the uh, Memphis Grizzlies improved to, I think it is now 17-2 or 18-2 without John ja Morant. Just absolutely paced the Golden State Warriors last night, 123-95. to Uh, This team's awesome without John Morant. And I think if you look at their schedule, it kind of breaks down. It's been pretty favorable. But this is what sticks out to me, and it ties into one of the things I'm heavily invested in here. Defensive rating last night at 92.3. Memphis is so good defensively without John Morant on the floor, and they did it again yesterday. My guy, Jaron Jackson Jr., he deserves more credit to be a defensive player of the year, although he did not play yesterday. So just throwing that out there. Any any way to shoehorn it into a
5: conversation? Yeah, I hope they can uh, vote on that pretty soon, so you guys can stop talking about it. Uh, what are we talking about? Uh, I barely uh, t-
4: I barely bring it up.
5: Oh, uh, you and Mitch, nonstop. We was uh, a, I, how, okay. Was a, I brought it, it up on the show and it's at the once. top of your Twitter page every yeah. day. Uh, just I hope you cash the ticket. I hope you guys cash the ticket. Got to get it out there.
4: <laughs> Look at this. Somebody said, uh, you know what? I offered. I told you about it a while ago. You could have gotten in on it with me anyway. All right. Big games today in the NBA, though, because it is not a deep slate but an important slate, and we begin with the game that starts at 4 p.m. Pacific time, Milwaukee at Philadelphia. Very big one, and there's been a sharp move here to the Milwaukee Bucks. Opened up two and a half in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm -hmm. We're down to one here in favor of Philly with a total of 231 and a half. Giannis on the injury report, but listed as probable. So I would assume all things point to him being out here on the floor. But here's the thing, Matt. Three, seven, and one against the spread. That is the last 11 games for the Philadelphia 76ers with both Joel Embiid and James Harden on the floor together. And uh, I'm on Milwaukee today. I grabbed one and a half earlier this morning. And um, I think you can kind of tell where I'm going with this. Don't think they can kind of break out of that tonight there in terms of not being able to cover some of these numbers. When you look at this, it breaks down relatively simply. They're a bad transition defense. They are terrible when Joel Embiid is off the floor, and neither of those things are
5: improving tonight against mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah, I don't have any specific opinion on this game, but I, I didn't think it was going to work for the Sixers right away. A lot of people think, well, you put a couple of all-stars on the floor together. Uh, it's going to be dynamic. It takes a while for it to work, and I'm, I'm still not sure – uh, how James Harden is going to fit in the, in the big picture in Philadelphia anyway because he's definitely a definite defensive liability. And uh, it takes, it's going to take a while for he and uh, Joel Embiid and that whole offense to uh, sink. So I have no qualms with uh, betting against the Sixers. I've watched them a couple times recently, and they look like a fade team to me. Yeah, and here's the thing, and
4: I hate to say it because I think you know this. I was a – I still am uh, a big Harden fan, especially last year when I was doing the annoying thing of pimping him for MVP, right? When he was going through that stretch that he was going through. <laughs> um, but if you look at the way he has played this year and some of the last few games, the biggest question is what you're getting from him offensively as well. In that game against the Phoenix Suns over the weekend, he was 2 of 11 from the floor. Two of five from three-point range, only scored 14 points, had nine assists, but he hasn't been there from an efficiency standpoint at all for a really long time. Seven of 15 was a fine performance against the Clippers the game before that. But against the Lakers, that lackadaisical game, drops 24, but on 7 of 18 shooting, he was 1 of 6 from three-point range. Mm-hmm. That ridiculous play at the end of the game that you and I both watched, right, where he gets the ball stripped from him by Russell Westbrook because he just doesn't really care. And allows the Lakers to cover that number without LeBron James. You know, James Harden is front and center on this. And now you're talking about Milwaukee, fully healthy, ready to go, and an important game. I still think they want the top overall seed, which is in their grasp. I just I don't like this Philly team. I think they're a team that has the pieces for potentially a run next year, mm-hmm. but it's heavily dependent on what you add in the offseason around these two, especially when it comes to their depth. I agree
5: with that. I think it could be a long-term or um, it's not a quick fix. I didn't think the Sixers, by making that deal for James Harden, were all of a sudden going to be the best team in the East. Right. And when you make a deal like that, that's what a lot of people expect. Embiid, mm-hmm. Harden got to be the best team in the east or at least capable of knocking off the nets and the bucks and i don't i don't think they are there yet now there's another game rife with drama storylines
4: abound Uh because last night i don't know if you watched but the san antonio spurs by the hair of their chinny chin chin get by the houston the houston texans uh the houston rockets Did you watch the final shot, by the way, from Houston? Yeah. How it rattled, like, I think, like, almost more than halfway into the basket. If that was an NCAA
5: tournament game, people would have loved it.
4: Oh, yeah. It was was a fantastic finish. But the Spurs win. And why that matters? Well, the Los Angeles Lakers today, who have LeBron James listed as doubtful, who upgraded Anthony Davis to doubtful, are taking on the Dallas Mavericks and if they lose, <laughs> they will officially be the eleventh seed by night's end in out of the play in. It was inevitable. If they lose, I they still, can still don't win. think the
5: Lakers I don't even think LeBron, the Lakers wanna be in the play in. Uh, yesterday we walked out of the studio and the first thing I see is a report on ESPN. <laughs> LeBron Davis doubtful for a game at Dallas. Yeah. These guys don't want – they don't care. They don't care about making the play-in. They don't. If you're LeBron –
4: and, I mean, he did look great even though he twisted his ankle like a 90-degree angle on Sunday. Uh-huh. It was a Sunday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, but to your point, if – If you are desperate to make it into the play-in, this does seem like one of those games where you're kind of fighting through pain, shoot me up, let's go, we got to play
5: this game, right? And I'm not going to blame LeBron for not getting shot up to play the the game because, yeah, he's trying to extend uh, his uh, playing career as long as he can. This guy's got a lot of mileage on him. And let's be honest, even if the Lakers make the play-in, they're going to be headed home quickly. I don't care what Shaq said about the Lakers. What are you talking about? They're going to beat beat the 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 Suns. They can't beat the Suns. (laughs) They're not going to beat the Suns. (laughs) Uh, the Lakers are having a hard time beating anybody. What are they right now? Thirty-one and forty-two. Yes, somewhere in that range. Yes, thirty-one and forty-three. Good job. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> this is a joke. No, nah, no. Nah, get... we're, we're talking about this team in the playoff hunt. Can knock off the Suns? Let's be real about this. Anthony Davis, when he comes out, he's so fragile physically. Anyway, mm-hmm. even when he comes back, how long is he going to be until he's out again? And uh, he's he's really not that dynamic a player. Uh, he hasn't been this season, anyway. Yep. At times, he can be. You'll see a game. You'll say, "Wow, that Anthony Davis. He's special." But there are some. Get there more often than not. I look at him, and I'm not. I'm not that impressed. Yep. You know, uh, when we look at the West too, I'm not sure where the Golden State Warriors fit into the picture. Uh, I'm not as optimistic about the Warriors as I was, especially now that uh, is it. Kaminga, who's out. Well, Steph not. It's not Kaminga. Who's out for it's. Uh, they got somebody who's out for the season. Somebody who's just declared out. Wasn't
4: it? Oh, James Wiseman's actually Wiseman. played for the season. Yeah, Wiseman's yeah. done, I mean, he hasn't, but he hasn't played, played much
5: yeah. at all. Anyway, Wiseman's yeah. kind of been uh, a waste of a draft pick, even though I think he could turn into a good player. It hasn't done much for him so far. Kamenga's a guy I liked a lot uh, from the recent draft. Yeah. But the Warriors last night, they looked like the Santa Cruz Warriors on the floor. They didn't really have anybody, Any very few of their regulars actually even were on the floor last night. Uh, so you can't take too much Wiggins, Kaminga, Looney. We're out there. Jordan Poole, I guess. But it- – it wasn't exactly the Santa Cruz Warriors, but it was not an impressive. There was no Curry, no Thompson, no Draymond. Uh, no right. Draymond so it was, it was almost like the uh, B team.
4: It was. It, but here's,
5: here's kind of the worrisome part, though, right? Uh, you were playing somebody else's B team. Mm. <laughs> you got and smoked. you got blown out. <laughs> you you right, got, got beat by 28. And it, I don't even know how John Morant can be in the MVP conversation. I like the guy a lot as a player. Mm. But if your team is 17-2 and two without you – You're not in the MVP conversation. You know what? That's a perfect transition,
4: Matt Humans, because I don't know if you saw this this morning, But the greatest thing that comes out, usually two times a year. This time it was three times a year. Tim Bontemps puts together a straw poll. Mm -hmm. It's essentially a faux MVP vote. Puts it together exactly the same way an MVP vote would go down. It has been very predictive in terms of who's going to win the MVP. So we have here uh, the top five and how it broke down through the straw poll. And you will notice that John Morant didn't get a first-place vote. He only got 45 points. And this is why I always love about or excuse me, 45 total votes. But this is what I love about this sort of thing, right, which is people demand – Put player action the conversation. Okay, for what? For four fourth-place votes, and that's mm. about it? So to your point, John Morant's not sniffing this award. And lo and behold, who is the leader after the most recent straw poll here? But Nikola Jokic with 62 first-place votes. He leaps Joel Embiid, and he rightfully should. Yeah, I've been consistent on this. I thought Joel Embiid was going to win, but Nikola Jokic was my MVP throughout. He's been statistically dominant. He has dragged a team that without him has been statistically equivalent to the Houston Rockets, right. you know, Detroit Pistons, whatever team you want to use. And it looks like Nikola Jokic is in the driver's seat for his second
5: consecutive MVP. Has it been? Let me ask. You, hmm. I can't re- recall and all the time I've followed the NBA. Has it been a more unheralded back-to-back MVP? Oh, I don't. I can't think of one. Wow.
4: It's almost like you're, you're you're voting for him, like you're being forced to, right? Like right. somebody got a gun to your head. Well, like you got to vote
5: for him by default. This guy's going to win it again. Yep. And when you watch him, he's really an impressive player, but he just doesn't get the media hype, and nobody really talks him up. Few, and, few people talk him up. And so. I would highly
4: recommend some spots still have him at a small plus price uh, to win. That is worth betting into. Because this, again, this has been very predictive of how this thing plays out. And we'll talk about it, I guess, a little bit later, too. But it's also worth touching on. Like, you guys got to stop with the recency bias. MVPs are season-long awards, okay? <laughs> so guys like Jason Tatum, right. who have a good two months, right? There's, there's been this weird narrative, like, watch it, to one, go check it out. No. In any way, no, 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 no. And sure enough, fifth. And he only got two Third place votes in this poll.
5: Yeah, it's kind of like boxing,
4: where yep. a guy can steal
5: a fight in the last two rounds.
4: Yep. You know, hey, uh,
5: yep.
4: how about this? You were asking. NFL draft is right here in Las Vegas. We'll have extensive coverage, including Moscow. April Mont 28th. Drafts. Yep. From Matt Humans, Michael Lombardi, a former NFL GM, VSIN host Mike Pritchard, who was a first round pick, Sean King, a Super Bowl winning champ, is going to give you insight on who to bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brett Musburger, is going to give you his draft best bets in our NFL draft betting guide. Only for $19. Check it out at slash spring.
7: To start listening.
6: This is the
3: Edge on VCN, the Sports betting Network.
4: Tired after lunch? You're not alone. In fact, research shows that more than 70% of us hit the wall after lunch. Let a five hour energy shot help you leap over that wall instead of crashing into it. With zero sugar, and an unbeatable blend of vitamins, nutrients, and caffeine. It's the perfect pick-me-up for getting stuff done. Go to fivehourenergy.com to find over fifteen flavors to choose from, with flavors like grape, tropical burst, cherry, blue, raspberry, and more. There is a flavor for everyone getting five hour energy today. Uh one of the ooh, we gotta clean something up from yesterday too. Um,
5: Adam Hill, the Las Vegas Review Journal, joined us. Um, Boy, he trashed Coach K yesterday. Harsh. Yeah, yeah. Harsh assessment of Coach K and his character. The, um, the Beeson
4: bosses actually told us he's never allowed on again, so <laughs> you're going to have to find a workaround there. Um, <laughs> but Adam left with a really vague, we asked him if he was still in the last man standing, and he gave us a
5: no comment. I, we thought that meant he got knocked out. No, he's still in. So why did he what did he say? No, he didn't want to jinx it. Yeah, he didn't want to jinx it. I guess. Come on. T- Talked to me on Come the phone on, yesterday. Huh? Yeah, he was asking.
4: Yeah, we were talking on the phone after yeah, like like yesterday, and he told me he's like, oh uh, yeah, I think you guys misinterpreted. I was like, well, yeah.
5: How else would we take that? See, the night before we were at the Westgate Superbook, and he's like, "Which game do you like the most tomorrow?" And I said, "Well, Duke's not losing to Arkansas, right? It's not happening." So. And he he felt the same way about it. But we're looking at the Houston-Villanova game, and it seemed like everybody liked Houston. Mm -hmm. At that point, a two-point favorite against Nova. There were questions about Colin Gillespie and his knee. And we were having that debate. If Colin Gillespie can't play, Nova's going to get blown out. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he played, and he was fine. So I wasn't sure which way Adam went with that. Uh, Fortunately, he went with Duke.
4: Yes. So he's still alive. And – Apparently, only 13 people still left in the last man standing. Is there were, right? There was a lot of uh, St. Peter's support against North Carolina, uh, reportedly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. But I wanted to clean that up. Because didn't that didn't go was, so well. Uh, that was a very vague way to leave the show. Now, speaking of popular sides, um, reading, by the way, go to vsun.com. We have an article up. It's great. All of our insights on all these bets. It's been there throughout the NCAA tournament. Reading that. And taking in some of the content here at v Sin, you know it's become, it seems, a very popular play on the network.
5: Uh, I'm going to say Villanova, Kansas, under 133.
4: Yep, you hit it on the head. That has been, uh, it seems, a very popular selection. Still 133 right now. Kansas, five-point favorite here with a total of 133. 132 and a 132.5s are out there, but still 133, the predominant total. So not very unique the thought that this game would go into the total
5: well we've seen a lot of games stay under the total there right you. so yeah. a lot of these tournament games have been uh, low scoring and ugly and uh, this one has the potential to be there too i think if villanova gets the pace at once it's going to be a low scoring game you know i don't take the ken pomeroy website Kenpom.com as a gospel like a lot of people do for college hoops again if you look at that there are a lot of numbers on there that are beneficial to your handicapping. You were talking about the offensive and defensive efficiency. Right, the actual efficiency. statistics. Yeah, offensive and defensive efficiency, uh, the tempo pace numbers, things like that. If you look at tempo, Villanova's 345 in the nation in tempo. That's one of the slowest teams out there. It's slower than Houston, slower than St. Mary's. And Kansas, I think, is in the 60s. So what's Kansas want to do? Obviously, Jayhawks got a lot of guards and wings who want to get up and down the floor. They're better in an open court type of game. So Kansas wants to get out and transition, make this a faster-paced game. Jay Wright's no fool. And he's also got no bench. So what's he going to do? He's going to try to slow this game down, make it a half-court game. Villanova's very good at executing in the half-court offense. And uh, Villanova's also the number one free-throw shooting team. And College Hoops, one of the best free throw shooting teams ever. So, Jay Wright's going to want to make this a half-court execution game. And uh, that's going to mean eating up a lot of the shot clock and a slower-paced game. And I, I think the under makes a lot of sense. I, I hate betting totals. I bet two totals in this entire tournament. I did win them both, but they were both Good. unders. And they were both ugly, low-scoring games. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, this is the same team. Yeah, betting unders is stressful, especially in a sport like basketball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every time a three-pointer drops, you go, damn. Yep. And then you hate to see the parade to the free-throw line and everything well, and, happens. And that's but, in yeah. these settings, too, because that's what
4: you like you mentioned with the free-throw shooting, too. I mean, you're going to foul to the bitter end.
5: Which, you know, makes me wonder, too. I haven't uh, bet this yet. I was going to bet it this morning. I had a lot of stuff going on. I haven't done it, but I was gonna, I'm going to do it today. I was trying to decide, do you put a half unit on the first half under and a half unit on the game under? Because one thing – uh, that always bothers me about these tournament games like this one, teams foul to the death because this right. is the end, is that you can get a lot of free throws and a lot of points, a lot of garbage points at the end of a game. It'll be a dead under,
4: and then you'll get screwed in the final you know, minute because yeah. guys are trying to stay within it. Yeah, I, and I, that would make some sense. Yeah, I do wonder, too, to your point, right, you, you, you mentioned the in-game aspect of Texas Tech and Duke. Kansas wants to run. Do they get off to a quick start because they're running up and down the floor and the mm-hmm. total balloons really quickly at the beginning part of that game and then Nova gets to start to slow them down and you get an in-game number that's a little bit closer to – I think some people thought that this was going to be more like a 137
5: or something like that in terms of a total. You also have to take into account the uh, Superdome setting. I, I was talking yeah. about this a little bit yesterday with the Carolina-Duke game. The shooting background is not ideal w- when you – Get into a Final Four situation, a lot of times the teams are tight to start. You can see some bad shooting, turnovers, uh, just sloppy offense play early in a game. Those are always possibilities. A lot of things you have to think about when you're playing an under. You, but if you look at the Carolina and Duke uh, pace numbers, those, those teams are not like the Showtime Lakers of the 1980s. They do like to jack up, especially Carolina likes to jack up a lot of threes, 28 per game in the NCAA tournament. Duke does not shoot as many threes, but Duke's tied with Purdue for the uh, most efficient offense in the country. So yep. uh, that, I think that's a really intriguing game as far as the total. At 151, those two those teams played twice this season, and the game's averaged
6: 164.5.
5: Uh, we
4: should probably mention, too, I mean, we flashed it on the screen, didn't really mention it, though. Uh, South Point up to five here yeah, on this with Kansas. True. So uh maybe Chris inviting some Not
5: surprised.
4: Villanova money or
5: it seems like a lot of people are counting out uh Villanova with the Justin Moore injury. Yeah. Towards Achilles, Achilles. he's done it's fourteen points per game scorer, very valuable guy, but a lot of times they talk about you want to bet on bad news and uh a team will lift its level of play in the first game after one of its stars goes down. Uh, I just um I think f- I'm not surprised this went to five. I thought it was going to happen at some point this week. I walk in the South Point Sportsbook today; it's already at five. Um, I'm tempted to take Villanova here plus five, but do you wait? I don't want to. I don't really want to encourage other people to bet it. I don't know. It might go to five and a half. Yeah. Right. I mean. You've, you've talked about this before, right, especially in the Final Four with uh-huh. like with these. I don't know. I
4: would assume that these are some pretty big names. that A casual basketball fan would be intrigued by this. And you've talked about before big marquee events like this, the Super Bowl. Public money seems to have more of an influence oh, on yeah. numbers like this, right? So public's going to come in and go, 15 points a game. That guy's not going to be there anymore. Ken's going to crush him. And you could get like it five might, and a half. might end so, up being true. Right. You know what <laughs> I mean? But, but, uh, like, yeah, but like in yeah. terms of waiting for the best number, I would, I would assume waiting until game time would probably be your best strategy.
5: Also, I think a lot of people uh, bet what they saw last and what they saw were the Jayhawks blowing out Miami in the yep. second half of that game. And um, I think that was a combination of Kansas being pretty good in the second half but Miami just being miserable. What a meltdown that was by Miami after a, a six-point dog that led by six and a half and got beat by 26. Yep. Uh, that, was, uh, By the way, that made NCAA tournament history. That was the worst or the largest margin of defeat uh, by a team in the tournament that led at halftime, really that matched the worst defeat in tournament history by a team that led at halftime. Yeah.
4: I mean, it, uh, it goes know. back to my original thinking here. Defensively, that's like been the consistent thing
5: for them. They've been really freaking right. good. Now, see if you if you look at the big picture with Kansas, the team is not that impressive against Creighton. No, didn't really play a very good second half against uh, Providence. Nope. Uh, so. Look at everything not just the second and a half of the Miami game, but getting back to my original point, if I bet Villanova plus five, it's going to be more because I have Kansas Futures here at eighteen to one and twenty to one i can I could still win both ways. Kansas win's a close game, uh, so I'm thinking about doing that as well i I really need a Duke Kansas title game for futures reasons because i All got right. I got a lot tied up in Duke ten to one twelve to one, even though I don't want to see Duke win it I'd still be happy to see Kansas beat Duke in the title game. Yeah, I've got a Kansas future, so I would hope for a Kansas
4: final for against yeah. whoever. I mean, um, also, it's uh, – so Duke down to four here, total 151. Just touching on this game really quickly before we get to Paul Stone, who's going to join us on the other side. Um, so fours across the board. I'm really interested to see if this gets to three and a half by the time we get closer, or a four is just going to be the hard number and we're just going to sit here the rest of the time until tip-off. I I wrote up Duke today, by the way, up on the website. I do think Duke's going to be the side. I haven't bet it yet because I'm holding out hope that I'm going to get a a three-and-a-half pop-up somewhere.
5: Oh, you could. You could also, you know, again – if you're not crazy about the number, you can live bet the game. Yeah, I mean See, that too. Carolina sure. gets out to an eight to four lead, similar to how Duke fell behind Texas Tech. Boom! All of a sudden, <laughs> you got the number you want, just like Man, that. I've always thought, like, I like talk. I would love to talk to the people who actually make
4: these algorithms. Like, you would think you would <laughs> tweak it for basketball, right? right? To like realize that a ten four
5: lead in the first two minutes doesn't really mean that much. That's why you're I mean, right. You shouldn't adjust it. That you're exactly much. right, and that's why I love to live bet these yeah. basketball <laughs> games, whether yeah. it's college or the NBA playoffs, because. Duke fell behind Texas Tech twelve to four, and I was able to grab grab Duke plus five and a half. Are you kidding me? What especially four minutes into the game, and especially a game like that, where it was like Duke minus one, like of course, like
4: that's going to be fine. Like you (laughs) shouldn't really adjust it that much. But anyway, Uh, all right, we'll come back on the other side. Paul Stone's going to be with us. Got a lot of sports to get to with Paul Stone. We're going to do golf. We're going to do college hoops uh, and. uh, yeah, plenty with uh, with Paul on the other side. So stick around. See you at your V-SIN, the sports betting network. And don't forget, to, of course, we wrap up the show with our best bets and uh, kind of play in the NBA that we touched on earlier, but we got some more details on when we come back at the end.
3: On VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Paul Howard will tell you, Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup. Like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, and Hot or Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes and simply oj to bring it home make a fast break to your nearest wendy's drive-thru and pick up your wendy's breakfast the official breakfast of march madness choose wisely choose wendy's paul stone is a fast food enthusiast really yeah paul stone's with us he now. loves whataburger in texas
4: i was gonna okay so there we go
5: paul uh, i have heard great things about whataburger
4: never had it all the things are true then huh
6: Yes, I tell you, I uh, I get there uh, fairly often, and uh is a great place. Got a great, uh, great hamburger, and got a pretty good breakfast as well. So. Uh yeah, that's a
4: Texas tradition, burger <laughs> Paul Stone sports up on Twitter, occasional fast food opinions as well. Uh, all right, let's talk some hoops here. Nit, we are into the semifinals. Uh, let's go to Washington State, Texas A&M, Paul, because Washington State is a team near the end of the regular season. Humans and I talked about quite a bit because it was a team the market really liked, like they were laying some pretty big numbers that they were failing to cover in a lot of these uh, end of season games. Now they're catching one and a half here against the Aggies with a total of one thirty two. What do you made of the Cougars in this run here? Last two games being as a small underdog and one of the those, of course outright
6: yeah I mean Washington State first of all they've been uh, you know both these teams have been impressive on their road to Madison Square Garden a uh, and and Washington State they both won all three of their NIT games by double digits Washington State actually had to win I think as you mentioned a couple of road games they won at both SMU and BYU uh, so very uh, very impressive uh, with those victories there I really believe Texas A&M, and I know the, the selection committee, first of all, I think they judge teams more on their full-season body of work than recent performance. And Texas A&M had that mid-season eight-game losing streak that was hard to overlook. But I really thought Texas A&M deserved to be in the tournament in the month of March. This month still, they won Alabama on the road by 16, uh, defeated Auburn and Arkansas both in the SEC tournament before losing to uh, Tennessee there in the SEC tournament final. I like this Texas A&M team, Quentin Jackson, their 6'5 guard. He's a guy that maybe a lot of people who don't follow college basketball closely have maybe not seen a lot of, but just a great all-around player who affects the game in a lot of different ways. Against Arkansas in that SEC tourney victory, for instance, 20 points, six assists, five rebounds, and four steals. Makes it happen in a lot of different ways. I like both these teams. Uh, I think the winner is going to win the NIT. But I like Texas A&M and took Texas A&M minus one-and-a-half
5: over the Cougars of Washington State. I like that play as well. Quentin Jackson also, by the way, was a uh, great MMA fighter. Oh, yeah? Rampage. Yeah, oh, it's not Miami the Jackson. same guy. Yeah, it's not say, the yeah. same guy. All right, the Aggies. It takes me a minute because I can't remember his first name. You just remember him by <laughs> Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Buzz Williams gave that emotional uh, eight, ten-minute speech about the heartbreaking uh, – It wasn't even emotional. You know, There's like conspiracy theories tied in there too, it was, there? it was heartbreaking for Buzz. It's heartbreaking. If you yeah. look
4: at the actually and who these people are financially tied to – It was brought amazing. tears to his
5: eyes. But the Aggies <laughs> managed to uh, regroup, and I thought they were really impressive against Wake Forest. I agree with what. What Paul said there, I like A and M in that game uh, tonight as well. Washington State had a pretty good win at BYU last week. Total of one thirty-two. A and M minus one twenty-five, minus one and a half. How about the uh, other game tonight, um, Paul? Do you like St. Bonaventure or not? I do,
6: Matt. You know this Xavier team first of all. Before the NIT, Xavier entered the NIT having lost eight of their last ten games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Scruggs, their uh, top guard, he tore his ACL uh, in the uh, game, I believe, against Florida on March 20th. Scruggs, a guy for Xavier, who's a veteran, played in more than 150 games at Xavier, started 117 of those. So you're talking about a veteran who's no longer in the lineup. And on top of that, they're playing with an interim coach. This St. Bonaventure team, they won three games uh, to get here over a trio of really – High quality opponents. They defeated Colorado, Oklahoma, and Virginia to get here. So the Bonnies also. I think it's a little bit of a funny angle, but both these teams, as y'all remember, used to compete against one another in the Atlantic 10. Uh, Xavier moved up to, to Greener Pastures, to the Big East uh, a decade or so ago. And, and St. Bonnie, they might feel kind of like, uh, you know, kind of like little brother here. So I think a lot of things point to the Bonnies here. I laid the one and a half and took St. Bonaventure over Xavier in the other NIT semifinal.
5: All right. We're on the same side tonight. At Paul Stone Sports on Twitter and uh, catch his podcast. As well, JVT, now that we've talked about the big games, let's get the uh, NCAA Final Four out of right,
4: right. Let's get these out of the way. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll start with uh, Duke and North Carolina. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, what do you make of this first matchup here, Paul? Because right now it's four with a total of 151. I tend to think, by the way, as a three-and-a-half pops up on the screen right now, I tend to hmm. think that the uh, magic has run out here for North Carolina, who got a favorable draw. But what say you?
6: Well, and like you said, JBT, I saw right before I came on some three-and-a-half flashing. So if you want to, to take Duke, now might be the time if you have uh, the opportunity to grab that. And I'm on the same page as you hear, Uh, You know, I, I don't really attempt in, in, in an NCAA Final Four. All the teams just need two victories, obviously, to win the national championship. Motivation, there's really no motivational edge because it's all on the line. But with that said, I might give Duke – uh, about a half of a check mark uh, in the motivation category, uh, just mostly based on that 94 to 81 loss to North Carolina on March 5th uh, in Coach K's final home game there at Cameron Indoor uh, Stadium. If you recall, you know, Szasewski addressed the crowd after the game. He called the loss unacceptable, but did remind the crowd and the uh, team uh, that the season isn't over. And kind of funny how these things have worked out. Uh, 28 days later, uh, this time in New Orleans, uh, these bitter uh, Tobacco Road uh, rivals, if you will, they're going to meet again in the NCAA tournament, obviously for the first time ever meeting in the NCAA tournament. Duke in that first game closed as 11, 11.5 point home favorite, only favored by four, three and a half in some stores right now. Uh, that's a pretty big adjustment, uh, you know, going from the, their home floor to a neutral. North Carolina, uh, you know, they've, played, they've elevated their game in the tournament, no doubt about it. Uh, they're playing much better. You know, some even um, theorized that North Carolina, you know, maybe needed to beat Duke in that regular season game to even make the tournament. You can't discount these last four games by the Tar Heels. They've been splendid. Uh, they defeated two of the final four teams from a year ago, winning uh, national champion Baylor as well as UCLA. But entering the tournament, North Carolina just 3-8 and eight against squad one teams. Duke was 6-2 and two entering the uh, the tournament. My point being mostly Duke's season-long body of work, clearly superior. I believe the Blue Devils' best game, their ceiling, is higher than the Tar Heels. I think Duke avenges that earlier loss. I think Duke wins by five or more
4: over North Carolina. Uh, So to update really quickly, uh, that is uh, MGM, uh, bet MGM that you can get that 3.5. I just bet it right now, and it's actually minus 3.5, minus 105. After you bet it, did they move it back to 4? let's see. It's up to 6
5: now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Paul, how about the other game, Villanova-Kansas? And uh, that number's up to 5 now at the south point.
6: Yeah, i tell you, you know, it it stands to – you know, I think some of us maybe thought that there might be some money show up on Kansas – a lot of the story here, obviously, uh, the loss of Villanova guard Justin Moore to the uh, torn Achilles in the final minute uh, of the Wildcats' victory over Houston to get to this point. Uh, he's the guy, again, much like Scruggs for, for Xavier, just a veteran player. He started all 36 of Villanova's uh, games this season. He started a total of 77 games in his career. Been a three-year starter for Villanova, averaged 11 points or more in each of his three seasons. So just a lot of production, a lot of experience, and uh, this year averaging almost 15 points and five rebounds a game. I think y'all have talked about it probably ad nauseum the fact that Villanova uh, already was a very uh, thin team in terms of depth, only playing six players, and now one of those guys, Caleb Daniels, the former six-man, has to move up to a starting role. And you don't have any players uh, for Villanova other than the game against Delaware, who in the past three games have played even five minutes. Uh, So outside, their their starting five. They just don't have a whole lot. So I think they're going to have to slow this game down. Clearly, they already are one of the uh, slower teams in terms of tempo uh, in the country. It's critical not only that they not get in foul trouble, but especially they don't need to get into foul trouble in the first half. Uh, they can't be having to, you know, sit guys down. I think a lot of the reason he only plays six guys during most of the season is the fact that they can't defend their position. If he had guys on the bench who could defend, he would be playing more than six guys, so they don't want to get in that situation. All, uh, these... Difficult to know how Villanova is going to respond, but uh, I kind of lean uh, towards Villanova. Uh, I think they'll respond in this one game situation. Kansas has played some games. Uh, you know, quite frankly, that have not been of championship quality. Not that they'll necessarily happen in the in the semifinal NCAA final four. But I'll take Villanova plus the points, especially now that it's reached five in some corners. But not really one of my bigger plays.
5: Kind of lean that way myself. Since we uh, these segments fly by fast, we're about out of time. What's your top play for the Texas uh, Valero Texas Open in San Antonio, Paul?
6: I'll give you uh, just a few real quick. Chris Kirk at 37 to 1. Corey Connors at 21 to
4: 1. Okay. All right. Paul Stone. Appreciate it, man. Move back.
7: to start listening
3: This is the Edge on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: Be ready for a fresh start. Now we mean a real fresh start. Lasting change. Take the Zyn 10 challenge and switch up the way you've been enjoying nicotine. Available in a variety of tastes and strengths. Zin Nicotine Pouches deliver smoke-free and spit-free nicotine satisfaction. Try Zin Nicotine Pouches for 10 days or your money back. Your fresh start is here. Take the Zin 10 Challenge today at zyncom slash 10. That's ZYN.com slash 10. Zin Nicotine Pouches are only for adults 21 or older who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. NFL owners' meetings are underway. Big news out of the – let's break this down for the next 15 minutes. Saints, Andy Dalton, one year, $3 million. Go.
5: Saints are the new favorites in the NFC South. I would agree uh, with that. I, with I that. Uh, wrote a column this week for Point Spread Weekly on the NFL and all the uh, crazy happenings of the off season. And the Westgate Superbook put up division odds a couple days ago. I think the first book in Vegas to put those up, and uh, we're going to have those in Point Spread Weekly tomorrow.
4: Nice. I like it.
5: Who's on the cover this week? Tell me. Uh, I don't Tell know. I didn't pick the cover photo this week. Give me Villanova or North Carolina, given the uh, the run that the cover has been. Actually, the, the cover jinx has kind of died off. Oh, has it? Some positive things have happened with uh, people who have been on the cover in the past month or so. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, well, if that's the case, then – Never mind.
4: All right. Best bets. Uh, we recap from last night. We start in the NBA. Spurs Rockets comes down to the wire. And a three point shot from Houston uh, goes more than halfway in, but <laughs> comes floating back out. A 123 120 final for the Spurs, who closed as nine and a half point favorites on the road. And this, it always helps. And we talked about this yesterday. It helps to pay attention throughout the regular season when you're betting on these games. But these two teams, there was only a five-point difference between them against a similar opponent just days ago. That was the Portland Trail Blazers. Spurs were laying nine in Portland. The Rockets were laying four. Mm-hmm. But the market's like now nah, nine and a
5: half on the road for San Antonio. I really didn't get that line either. You know, it seemed to me that uh, that's the type of number I thought should have been like five, right? And uh, I was it was kind of out of whack. But sometimes uh, when a number and the market didn't correct the number, no, right. Not at all. It went up.
4: And look, were, like, Christian Wood, Eric Gordon, they, uh, Dennis Schroeder didn't play yesterday, so you understand why the number would go up. Right. But I would I assumed that 7.5 would be the closing number without those guys, not the opening number, and then you close at 9.5 and a half when they're officially ruled out. So regardless, they stay within the number and almost win the game outright the Houston Rockets do. But Spurs win, which matters because today the Los Angeles Lakers, if they lose, move into 11th place in the NBA. Ah,
5: that's a tough break for the Lakers.
4: I would love it if it happened. Uh, tonight uh, we play the Milwaukee Bucks taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, I, this is going to be a pretty good game. It's also a pretty big litmus test for the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers, who are 3-7-1 against the spread in their last 11 games with both James Harden and Joel Embiid on the floor together. But I made the Bucks a very slight favorite here. Just over a one-point favorite. I think Milwaukee clearly has, should be the better power-rated team. Home court worth two. So I, Look, at the end of the day, Milwaukee is a little bit deeper. They're better with Giannis out there on the floor. They can run in transition. This team, Philadelphia, 27th in transition on on the year they're a slow paced team they don't want to get up and down the floor and the other part of it is as i've mentioned multiple times and it's worth noting again those bench minutes without joel Embiid have been a nightmare negative 3.9 net rating in mm. those minutes a defensive rating well over 120 uh, let's see i've got that right here defensive rating a 122.3 with the joel Embiid off the floor and james harden on the floor so it's just not working out for philadelphia at this point i think they're a team that's uh, Better constructed for next year because they can add some pieces as opposed to making a run this year. Give me Milwaukee to win this thing. I want you to uh, do cover.
5: a uh, just a theoretical study on this game tonight if you have time. Okay. Uh, pick points in the game where you'd live bet the Bucks or live bet the Sixers and tell me what numbers you would have got because when, in games like this that are minus one, pick them yeah. okay. plus one the other way. A lot of times I think live betting is a better option, but check that out tonight and see, you know, if it's a the typical volatile NBA game if you could have got a, you know, a much better number can't, on each side. Can't wait. I'm going to go home. Tell do you like bet the games every night? Oh, yeah. yeah if, if I, right. Especially if I have like, good pre-flop
4: numbers and yeah. I'm watching the game, right? Because I do like to bet pre-flop. I know some people think it's psychotic, but you can set yourself up pretty nicely. You bet pre-flop and then set up some pretty nice middles. Uh, I'll come home and tell my wife, shut up. Matt gave me an assignment. <laughs> oh, I've got wow. stuff to do tonight. Don't tell her to shut up. Okay. No, she might be watching. Well. I don't mean
5: it. You're not Coach K talking to the crowd at Duke. Yeah, hold my hand. Okay. <laughs> hold her hand like <laughs> Coach K. What's his
4: wife? name <laughs> Mickey. Mickey. I was going to go, go mini, but <laughs> wrong mouse. Okay. Probably holding hands right now. Uh, final, final four plays. Kansas, Villanova. Uh, you, look, we talked about this yesterday. It's still up there, so I'm going to put the money where the mouth is. Under 133 on this contest. We've gone through all the numbers. Villanova already at full strength and agonizingly slow pace. They should probably get even slower here against Kansas. They don't want to let Kansas come out in here and run. It's very much within the top 25 in terms of pace this year. Kansas has been. Uh, they're going to slow them down, and I think this is what Kansas or, me, Villanova wants. Kansas on the flip side, not been very consistent offensively, so give me this thing under
5: 133. I have the same bet. Like you said, Villanova, if you look at Ken Palm numbers and tempo, 345 in the nation, one of the slowest offensive teams out there. And I think uh, Jay Wright's definitely going to try to make this a half-court game, keep the Jayhawks out of transition. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Played Kansas-Villanova under 133, and I've got a lot of futures riding on Duke and Kansas. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and go all in with Duke here. Minus 185 against Carolina in the semi. I think Coach K is going to get revenge for the uh, Cameron party crashing that the Tar Heels did, uh, that 94-81 win. And um, I wrote up this game on vcin.com and uh, why I like the Blue Devils. Uh, to advance to the title game. I think it's going to be a Duke-Kansas title game, but I I am kind of leaning towards taking Villanova plus five, but again, I also got a lot of Kansas futures, and that's a little bit of a hedge on that. A Kansas-Duke title game would set up great for me, even though I don't want to see Coach K win it. Um, That's part of the reason I bet all the Duke futures to profit off the misery if it happens. And for me, it, it, like taking under 133 is like a faux Villanova bet, too. I yeah. mean,
4: if they're, you know what I mean? Like, if
5: they're, if they're going to cover, they're going to keep this. A pretty I would say slow if that game goes game, over the total. Uh, Villanova's got a pretty tough shot at to cover. Villanova's not going to cover or win the game, yeah. most likely. <clears throat> By the way, the reason I'll oh, we'll go over the golf bets quickly, and we got the golf. Uh, Show long shots coming up next. I'm going to tape that with uh, Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds. It'll be up tonight. My uh, best bets for the Valero Texas Open. Abraham Answer 20-1. to Corey Connors, same number. Maverick McNeely, 30. And uh, Charlie Hoffman, 65. Charlie Hoffman's got a win. And the last two times this tournament was played in San Antonio, which it is every year, but 2020 it was canceled. He finished second. This guy is a, a horse for the course. The definition of it here, 65 to 1 is the current number at Circus Sports. And the reason, uh, you know, we walk in the studio every day and I complain about soap operas being on the TVs, and I say put on the NFL Network.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You love that breaking, power ranking show. Breaking news, NFL owners have approved a modified overtime rule for postseason only ensuring that both teams will get a possession in OT. Mm. Do you like it? Congratulations. Participation trophy generation (laughs) just getting the win here. What happened to the day where you just played defense, huh? I thought Mike Tomlin had a – a pretty good thoughts on it yesterday. He said, "Look, you got 60 minutes to win the game. If you can't get it done in 60 minutes, don't cry to me that you didn't have a chance to get a possession I, in overtime." I am telling you, if uh, this was a crappy wild card game like that Ben Roethlisberger Jared Goff game, nobody
4: was crying. Like that went to overtime and then right. eventually tied. If it was those two, we would not be talking about like, "Oh my God, like why didn't Jared Goff get a bite at the apple?" Like, <laughs> who cares? But right. whatever. Yeah, hey, look, it's happened. So I will get off my old man soapbox, and uh, we will go from there. So now I can't wait for you know what's. Gonna happen. Now you're gonna get a point where we're gonna to get to overtime. Both teams get the ball. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get. You're gonna get an influx of the second team if they're down by a touchdown, going for two to win that game at overtime. Right. Uh, again, that's only postseason, but uh, to move on, all those things. I can't wait for those
5: situations. To I, one of the proposals was the team that gets the ball first if you score a touchdown and convert a two-pointer, win the game's over. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of like that idea too, uh, but this will affect inevitably some uh, totals. That bet in the playoffs mm-hmm. if you play a game under and both teams are going to get a possession. It's probably going to affect the total and put a game over the total anyway. What else we got today?
4: Uh, we should uh, to update that, that that Duke number that we talked about with the 3.5. Already back up to 4.5 oh, over at MGM. Uh, so How that, much did you bet on that? Yeah. Let's just put it this way. Coach K, you want my uh, kid to go to college? You win this game and you cover, baby. Only by – no, I'm just kidding. I'm just firing away. Not that much. I think really it, it seemed like – You put it at 3.5 and and get some money, right? And then you flash back to 4.5. I mean, that was kind of weird to drive, to go to that,
5: because it was 3.5 minus 105. So that's definitely inviting money. Obviously, they're looking for Duke money over at BetMGM. But also, you know, I look at the the screen every day, and BetMGM's got some numbers that are off market. They're always by a half point, right? A lot of times, uh, a difference of a half point from what most other books have in the market, too. So that doesn't surprise me. That's why you need to have more than... uh, one sportsbook phone app. I know a lot of people bet it's the same book all the time. You got got to be able to at least have five books or more. I thought it sorry. I didn't mean to gasp audible to your access. What's that?
4: (laughs) That was one of those where I thought it and then it came out uh, because I remembered something Uh, update really quickly. You know, it's a big day today. You want to know why?
5: Uh, I don't know. Is there a big soccer
4: game or something? But that No. Paul right. George makes his return tonight for the Los Angeles oh, that Clippers. Right? <laughs> That's right. Okay. Uh, and Circa uh, just flashed, actually. Utah got it up to a one-and-a-half point favorite. Most recent injury report, though. Um, Rudy Gobert, questionable. Daniel House questionable. Hassan Whiteside out. Paul George looks like he's going to play. So it goes from uh, plus one-and-a-half over at Circa to Clippers minus one-and-a-half now. So you'll probably start to see a shift in the market. But PG-13 on his way back for the Clippers tonight. All right.
5: Hey, on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk a lot of baseball. Oh, I Mr. Baseball, Dave Coke. Joins us, I think Cookin's got at least five MLB win totals. I like a few of them he's got. Too. Can't
4: wait. He, I think he's big on the Tigers, right? Can't wait to see why because there's been the Pocota projections have him winning like 68 games. But everybody else is all over. So I ah, can't wait to nerd out over baseball. My guys in the desert coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow.